It's a tremendous privilege and joy for me, for us, to be with you today. Um, thank you for the invitation, Richard. I really appreciate and and we rejoice in this partnership and friendship. Uh, some of you we've just recently seen in Poland during the Inscan and DPS, and and thank you very much for for being the devoted and long-term partners with us. Uh, every time we have baptism, my friends, we hear the testimonies, and the young people, young adults, they share that the first time they could hear the gospel was the DPS. The first time they could hear the gospel was Kids Camp or, or Kids Camp. So, so. It is a fruitful uh, partnership because you know you can partner and do stuff and and don't see any fruits for years. But this is really blessed by God. So thank you very much. Thank you, our precious, precious host, uh, receiving the pilgrims from Poland, <laughs> months after months. It's it's just outstanding. As I mentioned just few weeks ago, we had the summer school break, and. The, the, in Poland, the days are very long. The sun rises at 4 and goes down by 10 or 11. So it's great for the kids because the day is long. Well, it was meant by God for the harvest harvest time. We, we don't work at farms in the big cities anymore, but still it's great. But it has gone. Kids are at school. Uh, students are at colleges, universities, and, and life got busy. And actually, <clears throat> the life has a tendency to keep us busy, very busy, and just crazy busy. And you can be young, adult, you can be an older uh, person, and still the life keeps us busy. Work, business, study, stress, challenges, health, children, relations with other people, the unknown, what will come. How to not get crazy, anxious, and restless about all of this. And I would like to address this question from biblical perspective today with you. If you could uh, turn your Bible with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, verses from 23 to 28. Mark, chapter 2, from 23. <clears throat> One Sabbath, he, Jesus, was going through the uh, grain fields, as they uh, made the way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read that what David did when he was in need and was hungry? And those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of the Abatiar high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but just the priest to eat, and also gave to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for men, not men for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. As we know, God's law of the Old Testament obligated people to rest from work one day of week. And to be precise, the last day of the week, the seventh. And it was command, commandment number four, right? 
And this was, of course, wonderful. After 400 years of being slaves, of having no rights at all in Egypt, they were led from Egypt, from this slavery, and now they could work for themselves, they could gain some stuff, they could be over busy. They could even be, you know, workaholics right now, not for the Egyptians, but for themselves, for themselves, for the materialistic reasons that actually occupy our hearts very often. So God gave them the, the Sabbath rest, the Sabbath day. But the religious leaders and teachers of the scripture over time expanded and encased the commandments to with various recommendations to a whole pile of specific regulations that we call rabbinic, rabbinic prohibitions. And, and while the motivations were good, because they wanted to observe the Sabbath the best they could to please God, while the motivations were hmm, good, it came out as always it does when we as a people want to be uh, digging in, 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 the, in the law and do it better, deeper, wider than God invented. The Mishnah, a collection of texts of oral law supplementing the Torah, speaks of as many as 39 types of activities that were forbidden to perform on the Sabbath day. Actually, <laughs> one may not do any of the things one does on weekday. It was, for example, forbidden to wash fruits, salt any food, grind, bake, cook, melt butter, knead a dough. It was also forbidden to cut, trim, or paint one's nails, to do makeup, or even to comb the hair. I wonder if I did like this, you know. It would be counted as a common the hair because they were very precise. Also, it was forbidden to glue, to staple anything, to write. Oh, kids would love it. No homework <laughs> on Sabbath day. Switch on or turn on of anything. The light, TV, computer, cell phone. That's maybe why Apple Watch has the mode always on. So they wouldn't have to. Because again, you know, when you twist your, you know, twist and on, is it turning on or is it not? Uh, I'm joking, of course. Between those uh, 39 activities, there was threatening of rain. Something that Pharisees accused Jesus' disciples in our passage when we look at verse 23. Disciples began to pluck heads of grain. Well, you know, <clears throat> it can hardly be called a farmer's work during the harvest time, just to pick some grains. But according to Mishnah, it was the farmer's work during the harvest time. Mm. Well, Lord Jesus could answer to this accusation using their own weapon. <clears throat> On Sabbath day, when you ate the apple, you couldn't throw the core of the apple just on the ground, through the bushes, because there were seeds inside. And if the seeds, you know, touch the ground, it would be already farmer's work. Okay? Great. So he could ask them, guys, you know, if we eat an apple with a core, 
on Sabbath day. Is it the gardener's work or is not? Okay, that would be a silly question, but you know, to the silly approach. But <clears throat> Lord Jesus, instead of discussing people's ideas, brings an example from the scriptures, and we find, find it in verses 20, uh, 26. He's mentioning the story from 1 Samuel, time of David escaping of Saul's uh, hate and trying to, to kill him. And he's mentioning the law of the Old Testament that on Sabbath day, the laws of the bread of the presence that were put uh, in, in the house of God, the bread of presence, they were exchanged on the Sabbath day, once a week. Twelve uh, loaves of bread made with the finest flour you could find. Okay? And according to the law, only the priests could eat them. But in this particular situation, David, David aided and he gave to the, to, to the people uh, who escaped from um, Saul's hands with him. So David, David gave his people these loaves to eat, the same as Lord Jesus gave his people to eat the grains of the Sabbath day. Such an analogy. Actually, this, in this analogy, the analogy is even deeper because Jesus is mentioning David, who was in this very moment when the situation happened, he was an unrecognized king. He was already anointed king, escaping and, and, and saving his, his life and his people. Like Lord Jesus in this very moment is an unrecognized king of not only Israel, of all the earth. Okay? But actually, I don't want to study with you today uh, the fourth commandment that goes remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Rather, I'd like to talk of the idea of the Sabbath day and the rest of Sabbath day. When God <clears throat> finished creating the world, he rested from his work. We read it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 and 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts host of them and on the seventh day God finished his work and that he has done and he rested from all his work that he had done so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation well God rested on the seventh day however it doesn't mean that he was tired and after six days he had to rest well this means that he stopped creating the world and started ruling it thus sabbath in the bible means peace and rest and the blessing that all creation experiences under that rule the prophet isaiah in the last chapter of his book and it's easy to remember how many chapters are in isaiah because the number of the chapters is the same as the number of the books in the whole bible 66. so in the 66th uh, chapter in the first verse he writes thus says the lord heavens heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool what is the house that you would build for me and what is the place of my rest 
There is no because God reigns, not rests. So there we have the first lesson from this passage. From a biblical perspective, rest equals the reign of God. And when we rebel as a humans against God, we lost this rest. If man is not under uh, God's rule, he becomes restless and miserable in own sin. And the same Isaiah, a few chapters earlier in chapter uh, 57, in verse 20, 21, writes, But the wicked are like the tossing seas, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. It's enough to open TV or read the news in the internet, just, you know, for half an hour, to re realize how much anger and aggression is accumulated in people today. In your society, in our society, how easy is to raise this anger in the people. Small sparkle. And sometimes people will go outside to the streets, even not because they are so involved in the subject they can protest, but just to, to toss up the mire and dirt. And scream. And curse. And just show how angry they are. But they are angry in the house. Because they are, they are totally restless without God. Through, this, through the Sabbath, God gave Israel a foretaste of rest when they obeyed him. But it was only the foretaste of something much greater that was yet to come. So God commanded them to observe the Sabbath day once a week so they would experience the rest, the peace, the renewal of God's salvation. They. But what does it mean for us when Lord Jesus says that he is the Lord of the Sabbath? First of all, it means more than we would read just reading quickly this passage. If Lord Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, it means that he must be the king whose reign brings the Sabbath rest. And the Lord of the Sabbath is not only the king of the world, but is also a creator of the world. After all, it was the creator who initiated the Sabbath rest, as we read in Genesis chapter 2. So, Lord of the Sabbath equals creator of the world. This means, therefore, that the ultimate goal of the Sabbath is Jesus himself. Uh, when he says in verse 28, Son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. He says the Sabbath as a day of rest is only a signpost pointing to the true and deep rest you receive in me when you entrusted your life in me. But the second practical lesson is that there are actually two levels of rest to which the Sabbath day points. First, there is a deep spiritual rest when we that can we can enter or we can begin immediately. 
As, as you read in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So we can enter God's Sabbath rest now by believing the gospel. This rest begins when we rest from our good deeds, our self-righteousness, and we experience the forgiveness of sins through Christ himself. All the effort, all the work is over. And we know that God accepted us. When Hebrew says, we rested as God rested, this shows us that the rest that our, our rest in the completed work of redemption through Christ is a picture of God's Sabbath, Sabbath rest from the completed work of creation. In the beginning, God said, my work is finished, and he rested. On the cross, Jesus Christ said, my work is finished. And now we can rest. This is the, 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 the first and, and the main level of Sabbath rest. However, the ultimate rest is in the healing or restoration of all creation, as we read in Psalms, as we read in Revelation chapter 21, as we know that God's plan of salvation goes creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And we are waiting for the restoration. God's sabbatical rule over his creation will be restored through the work of Christ and ultimately everything will be repaired, renewed, restored. All death, diseases, war, poverty, harm, discord, corruption will be wiped away. And this is our future. And this is something our hearts and bodies are waiting for. And the older we are, the more we are waiting for. But we do not need to wait for the second coming of Christ to seek this rest. We have to follow Jesus and seek the rest, working to heal a broken world through ministry of word and deed. That's why we evangelize. That's why we feed and farm. We embrace people with the gospel and spiritual deeds to do actually what Jesus did on many Sabbath days, restoring sick, returning the eyesight, etc. But there is another side to the Sabbath rest. Many people work and toil to prove something. To themselves, to their parents, maybe to their siblings, to colleagues, to God, that they are valuable people, that they are worthy to be liked, to be loved and respected, that they are not inferior to other people, to older brother, sister, colleague at work, at school. And this work has no end until we rest 
the good news of Lord Jesus. And I will repeat myself. God finished creating the world and rested. And there on the cross, at the end of his great work of redemption, Lord Jesus said, I have finished. I have fulfilled everything I had to do. So now we can rest. There on the cross, Lord Jesus said, of this divergence between human busyness and the desire to prove something to oneself or another, and his completed mission of salvation. Often this need is hidden in the subconscious, but people are constantly restless, unfulfilled, struggling, fighting, angry with everything, with, with everyone, and, and looking sometimes from outside and say, why? Why there is this anxiousness, the, the anger, the restlessness in the person? He, she achieved something. You know, other people will be satisfied, but the problem is in the heart. But if you rely on what Lord Jesus did for you on the cross, then you should know that God is satisfied with you. Not because of the way we are living, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And if God is really satisfied with you, you can be also be satisfied with your life. <clears throat> But now, listen to me carefully, please. Our rest in Jesus Christ, in the gospel of grace, this Sabbath rest, is not a prosperity gospel at all. It's not that if we entrust our worries, stresses, giants to God, everything will turn out the way we dreamed of. That there won't be, there will be end to the problems at work. That there will be ideal at home. That a miracle of healing will take place every day. That the decisions of what to do next with your life just, you know, will happen by itself. Of course, God can intervene in a supernatural way in his church. But when we say supernatural way, it means it's not natural way, it's supernatural way. It's not the natural way God actually leads his church. But even if he does, that's not what the Sabbath rest we have in Lord Jesus is all about. It's not what this peace, this calmness and security is about. Resting in the gospel of grace will silence our cry of our emotions our fear, the pursuit of satisfaction in anything other than Lord Jesus himself. You will still have problems at work, at home, in the country. There still will be diseases and death. What's more, certainly, and for the rest of our lives, we will struggle with problems, sorrows, harm, injustice, our sinfulness our weaknesses, but having rest in Jesus Christ, we can walk through this life 
with a deep sense of security, peace, joy, and meaning of life. Precisely because of what Jesus did for us and who we are in him. Recently, our church generationally is very young. We've got just few people older than me and many young families. Uh, we've got uncountable number of children. Really, nobody knows how many children we have because you know, every Sunday there are some extra. There's no time that you know, no lady would be you know pregnant so great. Recently, there was a boy born less than a month ago. His name is Philip. The first first child of really nice young people. Both are actually the PI, PA, P, whatever, P, sports, you know, teachers at schools. Uh, and they had this all, all, you know, idealistic picture in their mind that the, the son is delivered, you know, he spent one, two, three days in the hospital, he takes regular business time. Uh, they come back home, you know, they have this baby, the parents are visiting. And the mom, they are spending in the hospital. The boy twice, one stopped breathing, once his heart stopped beating, he, he, he has the inborn heart uh, problem with the hole between the chambers. So she's sitting with this boy in, in the hospital room. And I, you know, and, and sitting 24 hours a day, sitting and crying. And every doctor's check, every, you know, blood test, you know, whatever they do over there. Is like waiting for the sentence. What will be the next? The problem with breathing. Nobody knows why. The problem with heart. Now they know why. But he's too small that his heart can be, you know, the surgery. His heart stopped beating while the doctors were actually checking him. So fortunately, you know, that the doctor had the boy in his hands when his heart stopped beating. At other time, when when actually he stopped breathing. They were just next to the, um, yeah, that would be, you know, the, the car with the paramedics. So they straight on, you know, do the procedure. So I visited her in this hospital while she's, you know, sitting, maybe not depressed, but sad, you know, crying. And you can't tell her everything will be fine. But you can tell her everything is fine. Everything is fine. Whatever the boy will be, you know, killed by God or through the medications or through the surgery or won't be. Everything is fine if you belong to God. And actually, when you watch your son suffering, well, actually, the boy doesn't know that he's suffering and he won't remember even a bit. Actually, they won't remember after, you know, five, ten years, will be just a... We can think about our God the Father, whose son was unjustly beaten and put to death. And I was saying, he does understand, and he is with us. But it's not the, the sabbatical rest, it's not the gospel of prosperity. If you believe, everything will be perfect. Well, on one hand, yes, because if we are in God's hand, 
everything is perfect. But the problems will stay, the diseases will stay, the death will stay to the last day when Jesus comes back. But everything is fine, everything is great. Because God is satisfied with us, with you. The same, the same shout from the heavens when Jesus Christ was baptized. He is my beloved son. I, I like everything in him. Right now, you can say to yourself, if you belong to God, you are his daughter, his beloved son, and everything in you, God likes. Not because we are so perfect, because Jesus Christ is perfect. Okay? You can go on the greatest holidays, vacations in the world, the one you dreamed all your life. But if you don't have deep peace and relief, they're deep in your soul, you will never really have true rest and peace, this spiritual sabbatical rest. You can see beautiful places, but if you don't have this sabbatical rest in your heart, it will be just a moment and you'll come, come back about work, about family, and you will be worrying and worrying and restless and angry and anxious. On the other hand, if we rest from our work problems, challenges, stresses, trusting in the finished work of Christ, we can be truly liberated. And we can become His blessing to others to be a sign of the coming kingdom and the Sabbath rest. There on the cross, Jesus Christ experienced the anxiety of separation from God so that we can experience deep rest and peace, knowing that He loves us and our sins are forgiven. What else do you need to keep your heart quiet, full of rest, calm and peace? I have peace with my God, though I am not perfect. And the life around me is not perfect. God, I have deep in my heart the peace. Why? Because Jesus Christ fought for me, loved me to the end of his life. Because Father did great events to sacrifice his son, to rescue us, to bring us peace. Why should I? It doesn't mean that we should be stoics. I don't care. Of course we care. How can you not care if your son or daughter is not a Christian? Or, or your dying parent is not a Christian? It's undoable not to care. But still you can have peace in God. He's good and he's ruling. He created the world and now he's ruling the world. Perfect world. Of course we live right. Of course you can wait, you know, for the results of your blood checks or other stuff being nervous or unsure. But still in all of this we can rest. The grace of salvation does not apply only 
to our eternity. It just as much applies to every day we still have left on the earth until we enter the blessed eternity. And if we lose sight of grace, life with God will become cumbersome and mechanical. And the goal will be to get on the good side, receive things from God. And we, if we lose sight of grace, we can become workaholics. The life has its tendency to keep us busy, very busy, extremely busy. Doesn't matter how old we are. Work, business, studies, stress, challenges, health, children, relations, other people, the unknown. How to not get crazy? How to not get restless, anxious, unhappy? In God's grace, in sabbatical rest, in the completed work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me pray.